Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. You ever hear that quote about how we don't know what World War III will be fought with, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones? Well, good news! This book has the answer to both of those questions. It's, uh, respectively, nuclear fallout and inept crayon drawings of sharpened stop signs. Our tour of the dregs of 1990 continues as we discuss Age of Ruin, literally and without question the ugliest RPG we have ever reviewed on System Mastery. Welcome back to System Mastery. I am your host Jeff, joined as always by your co-host, the host who's all who's also a host and not really a co. It's John. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a co. <laughs> You're a full host. One full host, please. Yeah, we have two hosts on this show. Yeah. Not a host and his helper. Oh yeah, this ain't like Santa's workshop. <laughs> It's true. I'm the host, and John is my apprentice. <laughs> I am a journeyman host. <laughs> you completed your apprentice project, and now you're a journeyman. <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon you can try again, and then you have to go off and start your own show. Exactly. And mm-hmm. then, <laughs> then I'll get my own apprentice, and mm-hmm. everything will be great. Yeah, and the cycle continues. But then I'm going to have to pay my union dues. Yeah, right now all you got to do is eat the gruels I give you. These many gruels. These thin gruels and serums I provide you with. Serums. Yeah, you, you can say. tell they're not gruels because they're clear. <laughs> gruels are famously only distinguishable by how opaque they are. That is correct. Yeah, all gruels. Oh, you know, the things I give you because I only give you gruels and serums. Yeah, you could have a gruel, which is really obviously gruel because it's opaque, or a serum, which is a thin, clear thing, and you're not even sure what why I gave that to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it could just be like some kind of I don't know corn syrup. <laughs> it might be caro syrup. It might be useful in the manufacture of fake blood for a sci-fi movie. It might be. Yeah, you don't know. You just have to eat that shit. I just have to eat it. I have to. Eat that serum. That's the job of a journeyman. Eat that serum. (laughs) Let's make a vine of that. (laughs) Here, eat this. this. Vine is dead. Oh, is vine dead? Can we not make vines? No one can make vines. Not for years now. Can I make vines just by making a six-second YouTube thing? Sure, you could. Can I make an eight-second one? Yeah, well, I mean, you could do... I think Instagrams is like 15 seconds. Ah, shit. That seems like way too generous. Oh, it's way too long. Yeah. Because the whole point of Vine was you had to you had to really get that joke in there immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I'm i sorry I missed the death of Vines. Yeah. But hey, I know that Stanley recently passed away, so I'm up to speed on that one. Well, good job. Yeah. You do know that. I was paying Stan attention. Stanley is up in heaven watching Vines right now. <laughs> That's right. So this is going to be the first official episode dedicated to the memory of Spike Lee. Uh... <laughs> Yes, I remember when Spike Jones first came around, and now he is dead. Wait, Leslie Jones is dead? Oh my God, Leslie Nielsen is dead? He I is. Mean, yes. Oh. <laughs> and here on System Mastery, we have made ourselves sad. <laughs> now we're sad. <laughs> so, we read Age of Ruin, John. That also made us sad. That made me very sad. Looking it, at the cover of that book makes me sad. Yeah, you want to spend the first couple of minutes the way we really should on the cover of this thing? It is. The most impressive thing I would say about this entire book. It's certainly the thing that you're, that we will remember after when we uh, leave this one behind us and move on to the next game. Yeah, I mean, mechanically and characters and everything, like, there's not a lot here that's super 
distinct and memorable, but man, that cover art is just like, I want to say nine-year-old level, like a nine-year-old traced American Gothic and, and then tried to draw stuff on top of it? I mean, okay, so first of all, let's discuss the medium in which it is drawn. It is drawn in the kind of cheap color pencils that you get in a big circle thing for Christmas from your aunt. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have told me that this was crayon, mm-hmm. and I would have been like, I could see that if you sharpened it up. <laughs> but, like, it is just cheap fucking colored pencils. I mean, it's it's a statement to work in cheap colored pencil like this. Like, it's, it's very obvious. And John's right. It is clearly American Gothic, but there are several things that he was unable to do in terms of copying American Gothic. Uh, for example, he can't have the pitchfork in the middle because that would involve drawing over something yeah. that he had already drawn. And so instead, the father's hand is awkwardly perched behind the, the, the daughter, um, floating about a foot above her shoulder, as if he's kind of doing a like a like a power gesture with it, uh, but his hand is too small. Like I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Is he trying to rest his arm on her shoulder? Is he? And she's like, no, she's writing in aura. Like, don't hey, touch me, Dad. No. Hey, stop it. Uh, she is dressed in a bikini top and Tinkerbell skirt with yeah. carrying a spear that she is holding as if it was a pool cue that went through her hand. Yeah, the it it's very clear that he drew that hand and then it was like, oh, I should probably have her holding something. And like the great Liefelds of old just drew it as best as he could to be in there. Yeah. So it just put sort it of in. looks like it's going through the middle of her hand. I mean, this could be a Liefeld piece. There's no feet. <laughs> no feet. Everyone's, everyone's got a big leather pouch on them somewhere. Somewhere. I mean, it's hard to spend a, a whole bunch of a show describing a visual. I, I Just Google Age of Ruin, the RPG. I mean, we'll probably, I assume, use this as our oh, picture. Yeah, yeah, of course. It'll be the picture that we use. So people will get a chance to see this. Uh, it is... It is magical, and it's the reason that we were sent this book in the first place. If someone saw the cover and was like, Jesus Christ, yeah, I know two guys who need this book. Well, that's, that is the reaction you should have upon seeing this book. Even if you've never listened to us before, mm-hmm. we should spring fully formed into your mind going, oh, they need this. Yeah, two, like, That's the kind of picture that causes us to exist. Yeah. Unfortunately, what we've just set up is that everyone's going to find this book on used shelves and mail it to us some more. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We'll be buried under a huge pile of these. It uh, will be our own Age of Ruin. I am so confused as to how this came into existence. I mean, this, was, this is a 1990 piece. Yep. It's 1990, which it's, means it's in the era where... <sighs> Like, I don't feel like you can get away with the cheapest of RPGs anymore. No, I mean, the last book we did was also from 1990, the uh, the Legionnaire, Legion... Yeah, but uh, that was like an actual fully backed thing. Yeah, that, I was, feel like, that was FASA. That was a big deal. Yeah, I feel like 1990 is before all of the self-publishing age that you've got now, mm-hmm. but just after the, like, fly-by-night, who-gives-a-shit-throw-it-out... Mm-hmm. So you had, it's like on that cusp of just no one's really sure what the fuck they're doing, and everything's kind of garbage. Yeah, I mean, this definitely has some elements of late 80s, early 90s design, once we get into the actual book itself, Yeah, that I will want to talk about forever, because yeah, it's got that kind of, uh, we're writing the most accurate game ever, so here's the rules for how you get struck by lightning all the fucking time, and it definitely kills your players. Yeah, there is fucking a few examples in this where it's just like someone does a thing they have to roll for it and they fucked up and they're dead cool right 
Yeah. It's all... It's like it's a little kid that's like trying to show you the crayon. It just uh, shit. It just drew on the wall. Like, look at this. I drew you dying. Huh? Huh? Pretty good, huh? Well, look at this. I traced American Gothic. Makes you think. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god. Uh, when are you going to turn 18 so I can legally put the boot to you? <laughs> the boot. <laughs> Get the boot. I, so the thing I found fascinating uh, as well when I was opening this book up. Normally, when you see a book like this, your first thought is, oh, this is going to be one of those books where the author is also the editor and he's also the lead layout edit guy and so oh, yeah, on. Because if you're using that for your cover art, you're like, oh, you weren't able to hire anyone. Mm-hmm. You you had to like turn to your <laughs> fucking nine-year-old son and be like, hey, can you draw a thing for me? <laughs> yeah. This is like one of those family circuses where Jeffy draws it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, this thing's got a different writer than artist. Uh, it has an art director uh, who did the interior art, a guy by the name of Lance Bailey. He did both of those two things. It doesn't say, oh, wait, cover design is also him. Never mind. Yep. So that guy, that the art is all a singular vision, but everything else is is different people. The editor is different from the author, is different from the layout coordinator. This was an actual team effort, I, and I'm amazed because this book feels, when reading through it, like it's one of those singular visions by a dude who had gotten sick of the way D&D is. Yeah, and it also... I'm going to go ahead look saying looking in the uh writing of this mm-hmm. the actual layout it very much looks like the college student that was writing the paper the night before and used like double space and wider margins cuz shit is like oh I finished a paragraph of two sentences better go down two uh spaces there's down. a lot of margin play in here and a lot of the font is slowly getting bigger as you make your way through oh, the book. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> the teacher said, hey, I want you to use 12-point font. And you're like, I'm going to put 12.5 and see if they notice. <laughs> I have never tried that shit. Did you try that shit in high school? There was, I want to say, at least one paper where I was like, okay, I'm going to make it so that like the, the spaces mm-hmm. in between when you go down a line are like, instead of one, it's... 1.25 and like instead of an 11 point font it's an 11.5 and just like very narrowly do that and be like how much can i push this without anyone noticing see i'm a verbose writer when i write at all and so it's never been an issue for me i just i just write too much see my problem is i always get very like directly to the point of what mm. i'm saying and so I end up having to go back and be like, ah, fuck, okay, I've got to put a lot of more dumb bullshit in this instead of just being like, the point of this is this, and I'm done. 1864 was a very, very, very important year. In- it was an important year for many reasons. <laughs> One of these many reasons, it, you're like, One oh, of these many it. reasons that 1864 was, was very important, important <laughs> is, of course, as is known... <laughs> To the people at the time. It is well understood that. (laughs) It's time immemorial. Or, to put this another way. (laughs) Yeah, no, there are... There's a bunch of shit that I... I don't think I did a lot of, but there were times where I'm like, I've got to stretch for time on this one. I had an AP world history teacher who uh, insisted on having us write out these 20-page papers about like the decisions made by world leaders and why they made them. God damn. And he would, he would literally give us uh, stapled together 20-page booklets of lined uh, uh, blank paper for us to write on because he didn't want us to fuck with computers. Ah. Uh, and one time, I was, I was basically, I, I already had my A in the class, I was doing fine. 
I, I took one of the pages, I took eight lines of the page, and I wrote turkey in them over and over again. <laughs> so it was in the middle of explaining, you know, Napoleon or something, and it was just like, ah, yes, at Waterloo, he a, a stately pleasure dome decreed or whatever. And then just for you know, turkey, 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 for eight lines, just single space as fast as I could write turkey. Uh-huh. He didn't even notice. He just gave me an A and was quiet about it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I mean, it was in the middle of the thing. I was like, did you find it? And he was the kind of teacher who would fuck with you, too. He sent back someone's paper once with the word goat and question mark on it. What? Yeah, goat. The goat, it said. On the, Greatest just, of all time? <laughs> written on it. And there was, he didn't, there was nothing in there about goats. The word goat never appeared. He was just fucking with him because he was the kind of teacher that fucked with you. <laughs> then maybe he just appreciated it. Yeah, he, he saw like, those turkeys. Ah, ah, yeah. I've seen them do this before. This is a good one. Uh, that's a that's a good fuck with me. That's a classic. <laughs> classic turkey move. <laughs> At least it doesn't say fuck. It usually says fuck. <laughs> usually. <laughs> or it's penis. It's just three pages of penis, penis, penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if he's still teaching. Oh, almost definitely not. He's dead. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but I wonder if he's still teaching anyway. He might be. So, okay, why don't we go inside the book and, and discuss what we're actually dealing with here, because Lord knows the people have waited. They have waited long and hard. And for what have they waited? One of the many ways we could explain for what they have waited. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to sum up what the people have waited for thus far, it would be as follows. In the words of Samuel Langhorn Clemens, known to the people as Mark Twain. <laughs> you know, Webster's describes. <laughs> oh, man, playing for time is the best. We should just do the whole show like this. I, okay, so in one of, I was in debate, and there was a debate class. Okay. It was just the speech class. And at one point, we had to give a speech on something, and I gave it on procrastination and just spent the whole time digressing. Nice. And I feel like it was prep for this show. <laughs> I'm at the, I did Toastmasters in sixth grade, and I made the biggest mistake of my life, which was doing a speech on under, on uh, the variations of speech and how things could have multiple meanings. Yeah. But I had to practice it in front of everybody. So when I actually had to give the speech, everyone already knew all the examples I was going to give, and it was the worst. Lol. It was like... Hello, everybody. I would like to walk you through a journey of, of uh, how to be precise in your in your language. First of all, can everyone please poke their head through a hole made, of, made out of a circle of their fingers? You know, because the idea is you just go like this. Oh, I can't, but I can I can poke my head with my other hand. Oh, yeah. But everyone already knew it, so I was just white-knuckling my way. It was not a good time. And after that, I gave up on professional speech. Indeed. And I've never spoken in a professional capacity again. And I've never spoken ever. <laughs> to this day, not a single word. A wordless gnomic shaman perched in the hills. That's me. <laughs> That's what I do. I know the secret of why kids love the great taste of cinnamon toast crunch, and I'm keeping it to myself. None shall know. My secrets die with me. It's because of all the sugar. <laughs> it's oh, it's all the, that cinnamon and sugar <laughs> in every bite. <laughs> shit, I forgot. Swirled on every bite. <laughs> All right, so this book is a post-apocalypse thing. Yeah, so the whole setting is uh, basically uh, global warming gets out of control, and it's your standard, like, we have oil wars, and we have, like, water wars, Mm -hmm. and... Everyone's and now, uh, fighting and fucking and nukes uh, go off. Yeah, the nukes go off and everybody who's a survivor forgets all the shit of the past. And so now it's just a bunch of dumb idiots wandering the world being stupid shits. Yeah, it's, it is, I think, a hundred years after everything collapsed. So it's like after the nukes fell and everyone got fucked up and whatever. It's a hundred years past that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we now have mutants and like... 
horrible desert biker gangs and it's shit like that. specifically enough time that everyone forgot what microwaves are, but remembers who Elvis is. Yes. It's that exact range. It is the range of time where everyone immediately turns into a cargo cult of whatever they find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's this, a tire? I'm a member of the tire gang now. Yep. That's basically what this entire book is. What happened? Uh, these people found a jacket, and it had a symbol on it, and now everyone thinks that symbol is holy, and that that's what this group is. Okay. Ah, so it's the dumb shit future. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you have eight stats, and you have those stats are basically percentile type. They're, they range from 1 to 100. Uh, you, the book strongly recommends you don't make any of them below 30, uh, but you only get a bonus if they're above 70, or in one case, above 69. There's... Okay. The fact that it even says on there above 70, but then it does it for 70 or above mm-hmm. instead, yeah. and is consistent with it. Almost. Like, it keeps going later in the book, it says also 70 and above. Oh, that's right. It shows that. But every other stat, you only get the bonus at 71 or above, mm-hmm. and I don't understand what the fuck is going on here. Yeah, this was the thing I noticed, was that uh, charisma, for example, uh, there's no modifier if you have anywhere between 31 and 70. Yeah. Uh, dexterity, there's no modifier if you're anywhere between 31 and 70. Uh, endurance, there is no modifier if you're anywhere between 31 and 69. Yes. And then every other stat works the other way. It's weird that they were like, oh, we, 70 and above, we'll keep, we'll be very serious about that for endurance, but for everything else, ah. Uh, Everything else, 71 and above. So weird. Yeah, it was just one stat that mm-hmm. was could let you cheat a point. I don't, I don't know why, but there we have it. Uh, so there are eight of them. They are charisma, dexterity, endurance, intelligence, luck, mind strength, quickness, and regular strength. Yep. You know, regular old regular degular strength. <laughs> uh, so- Not again. <laughs> Never again. What's wrong? Never, ever again. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> So, the stats in this, unless you are going to get a number above 70, pretty much don't matter. Yeah, put them at 30. Either put them at uh, 31 or put them above 70, and those are the only options you should really be considering. Yeah, I mean, there are a few that have negatives at certain low levels, Mm -hmm. but any of the ones like intelligence has no negative. It's only if you're 71 or above, it's a positive. Yeah, so correct. if you don't plan on giving a shit about that, you just be like, great, it's a 30. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Uh, or it's a one. Who, well, no, because you have to have a 30. That's right. 30 is the minimum. Excuse me. But who gives a shit? I'm making a big bruiser. I mean, that's even the example character. Yeah. The example character is like, what did you do? I dumped all the stats that don't matter. I dumped charisma and intelligence and all that, and I just made a dude with strength and dexterity and who gives a fuck his name is fucko the punch fist and he's just not that interesting no and the problem is again unless you really plan on having a high level in a stat it may as well be 30 there is no point of having a 50 in something no outside of the few areas where they might be like oh you have to roll on your stat instead of a skill now you do get 425 points to divide up which means if you're an idiot you can have a straight bu- a line of 750s and 175 hell yeah you I can have one good stat and everything else just sort of sitting in the middle doing nothing i don't know why you did that be a terrible decision yeah you make an extremely bad character but you know what any character in this game's a bad character because there's nothing for them to fucking do well, eh. yeah. I mean, there's stuff you can do. You're just going to be bad at doing it. Okay, yeah. That that you got me there. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So you have uh, eight stats and 425 points to distribute them in. It is a point by system. Uh, then after that, you can choose if you would like to mutate your character. 
Yeah, they do allow you the choice of if you want to mutate or not. You could just be a regular human. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mutations are... Boring. Not, yeah, not particularly amazing. The thing is, there are five that are good, mm-hmm. and those are just straight plus ten to a stat. Yes. So the ones where it's like, what do you have? Ooh, I've got fur. Mm-hmm. Like, no one gives a shit. I'll just take plus ten to strength. Most of them are like really bad drawbacks compared with really boring bonuses. So like fur, for example, is you get a plus five percent bonus to your defense value, which is a number that is usually twenty five or thirty percent, and it's the chance you roll to see if you can dodge an attack. Yep. Uh, so you can go all the way up to thirty to thirty five percent. Oh, fucking sweet. Ooh, yeah, baby. But in exchange, you take double damage from all fire attacks due to the flammable nature of fur. Yep. And so they're, they're all just traps. Except for the ones that are just plus 10 to a stat. Now, you still have to have a drawback mm-hmm. when you get it, but... There's a random drawback table. Yeah, the random drawback table is for if you get the stat, because all the rest of them are, you have this thing, and now here's a drawback. Yes. And the drawbacks are always, you know, they're, they're trying to do, like, Twilight Zone, oh, the irony type shit, so... I have uh, an increased perception, but, oh, I'm so sensitive to it now. Yeah, or I can see twice the distance that anyone else can, but I'm sadly colorblind. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I'm all alone with my books, but my glasses are broken. Oh, no. But there was time now. There was time enough at last. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> That's every one of these. The, the uh, Like, for example, you can take extra arms. For, you can have four yeah. arms if you want, but it makes all your arms real weak. Yeah, your strength goes down because you got all those arms. Mm-hmm. So you're basically trading damage for an extra attack, which, if you weren't planning on doing high gunsman. strength, yeah. if you were just like, what's your strength? It's 50. It goes down to 40. No one cares. And I get an extra attack. Great. Yeah. Every single one of these is, you get a, 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 a paltry little bonus, but a huge penalty because you reached for power. Whereas if you get... Uh, a plus 10 to a stat, and then you go to the random drawback table, you could get, I'm bald. Yeah. Oh, well, darn. I'm I hard have, of hearing. Yeah, you're like, well, it didn't actually have a drawback listed for what it does. Like, you can have one of the things is, you have a limp. Hmm? Does that affect my dexterity or do anything? No. Yeah. You could also get shit like, my, eye, my eyes change color. Or there's actually a couple on that drawback table that are fiendishly bad, like narcolepsy. Oh, yeah. There are a couple you can roll that's just straight up like, oh, sorry, you're actually like fucked up in some way. Mm -hmm. But even ones that seem like they should affect you physically don't have rules there for doing anything. Yeah, or they do have rules, but the rules don't relate to anything and it doesn't help. Like, uh, what's the, the overactive sweat glands? Is one of them, and it does have rules. It says, like, oh, yeah, your character is constantly stinky and always sort of damp because of your overactive sweat glands. You need to drink twice the amount of water as a regular person or become dehydrated. Great. Well, are there dehydration No. Okay, of course not. Of course, okay, good. No, of course there aren't. There's no rules for how much a normal person has to drink. Yeah. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a way for the DM to be like, aha, you have to drink twice as much beer, Jeremy. <laughs> Or else you shrivel into a California raisin or something. Oh, no. Then he's going to start singing to me. Dude, that'd be great. Yeah. How come I can't get that mutation? Huh? Turn into a claymation raisin. Yeah, then you can hear it through the grapevine. But you're hard of hearing. Oh. oh. Well, thankfully, hard of hearing does nothing. There's no rules for how it affects you. Yeah. So being hard of hearing is just, I don't know, I guess you role play when people are talking to you. You occasionally go, what? 
Yeah, that's what happens to uh, the uh, the example hero. He takes three mutations, and he rolls three times on the drawback table, and he gets uh, bald, bald, hard of hearing, and his skin turns greenish. Oh no, he uh, gets pyromania. Oh, is it pyromania? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, he gets pyromania. All, but pyromania also doesn't really have anything to it. It's just you want to light fires. Yeah. Is there a rule for how often I want to light fires, or what happens if I don't? No. Yeah. It's just meh. For Christ's sake. Okay. So you can also, if you like, choose to be psionic. Yes. Now, you can only be psionic if you have a 71 or higher in your mental strength. Mm-hmm. And for every 10 points above 70 that you have, you can get one more power. So you can get up to four. Yes. If you go to 110. And with the powers as well, they all come with stupid drawbacks and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I get psionic powers and I'm going to get... I don't know, like telepathy or something. But then I have to also randomly roll to see how my brain is fucked up. Yeah, because each time you take a power, you also get a phobia or any other kind of insanity that there might be. Yeah. I mean, I have to give the book some credit. It's from 1990. Uh, I did not see any phobias. They're like, you're afraid of girls or you're gay now. You got the gay, the yeah. big gay. So that's, to the book's credit, it's a pretty tame list of phobias. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, at least there's that. But even then... Most of the psychic powers aren't particularly worth it. They are boring. Uh, there's one that's good, mm-hmm. which is, of course, the one that the sample character gets, and it's uh, the psionic crush ability. Yeah, it just does damage. Yeah. And it I'm can, sorry, it does other stuff, too. Well, it is a percentile table that can either do nothing, they just, like, your target gets a nosebleed, mm. or it does, like, a shit ton of damage and will probably kill them. Yeah, a victim's eyes bulge out as his brain absorbs 5d6 hit points of damage, and he is stunned for several rounds. Now, it is uh, important to note that I think every character has 3d10 or 3d6? 3d10 hit points. And 3d10, it dub- and it- you can get up to 2d6 more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, twice over the course of your career, after you level up 30 skills, you get a d6 of hit points, and that happens again after you level up another 30 skills. And then, uh, then you can never get any more hit points. So the maximum hit points you ever get in this game is three d ten plus two d six. Yep. So having a ability that could do five d six is like, oh, I could just crush a dude's mind. That's that's pretty good because you have to spend mental strength points mm-hmm. in order to do things. And psionically, the, uh, the person who's defending against it defends it with their mental strength. Uh, whatever their thing is, so mm-hmm. they have to roll under for that for defense. Yeah, but even if you succeed, you subtract some mental strength points yeah. as the defender because it's hard to defend against things. That is correct. Yes. Uh, so it's just an easy way to just damage someone without having to roll any kind of attacks against them or anything. But if you've got two people that are psionic, the best thing for you to do is to never use psionics. Let them use it. Use up all of their mental strength, and then you're like, great. Now I'll use something on you, and you have no mental strength left to do anything. Mm-hmm. You can also levitate, use ESP, you can possess people, or you can use, like, suggestion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Basic psychic powers. There's nothing really interesting. There are some that are, like, metapsionics, which I feel like are a really bad choice. Like, Yeah, there's a mind block one where you're like, yeah. ooh, I throw up a thing, and I, it makes it harder for people to psionically fuck with me. There's warp aura, which lets you change what your aura looks like, which only works if you're going Against up- someone who has C aura? Uh-huh. That's all it does. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> And, of course, there's no, like, oh, yeah, you can tell when someone uses C-Aura ability, which means you have to just constantly be going, like, I'm warping my aura. Anytime anyone looks at me, it's warped. 
Fuck you. Yeah, you don't even use it yourself. Players would never pick that power. It's for and it's for a mean DM. It's for the NPC yeah. who seems trustworthy that the players are like, well, let's look at his aura. And you're like, oh, well, his aura is nice and clean and bright and shiny. And mm-hmm. he's, he's very friendly and sincere. And then you're like, ah, he has warp aura and he's a fucking murderer. Yeah, we stab him, to, we stab him into death. Yeah, and then the DM's like, he didn't have warp aura. You guys are dumb shits. As he scribbling, scribbles out warp aura on his secret character sheet. Uh, yeah, because this book kind of has that adversarial feel to it. It's not, uh, it's not Im- in immense, but it's there. No, I mean we've had books that are very adversarial, and this is mostly just bad. I feel like they were trying to go for the post-apocalypse is a really horrible place, and that's what we're trying to get across here, is that everything is deadly and everything could murder you at a moment's notice, and oh, how hard it is to live in this age of ruin. It's not the, It's not even that long since we've covered another grim, dark bullshit post-apocalypse, middle America nonsense fuel thing. Yeah. Because we did that other one, which I cannot remember the name of right now. The one with the D1000 table that dominated three quarters of the book. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing. It's just, oh, shit's always awful, and you might explode at any time. Yep. Great. Okay, great. Well, I hope character creation's easy. It's not. It takes a long time, and you have to make a lot of rolls. <laughs> uh, Good. This That's what I wanted. This one's a little better in that regard. Yeah, because um, once you've spent your points... Dead Earth. Dead Earth. Mm-hmm. Once you've spent your points on stats and then decided if you want to be psionic or a mutant, mm-hmm. you get your skills, and the skills are just eight primary from either uh, the... You pick tribal or... Uh, uh, advanced or something like that. I think it was professional or... Clan. Clan. That's right. Thanks. So Sorry. clans I was are, thinking scientific. Yeah, because clans are the ones that still have some knowledge of modern-day stuff. Yes. So they can pick uh, things like being able to fix mechanical stuff Mm -hmm. or have science or their baseline probably literate. Mm -hmm. And then if you're tribal, you have much more like hunter-gatherer and your baseline illiterate and whatnot. So the skill lists that you pick from are different between the two. Mm -hmm. You pick if you're a clan or tribe... And then you get eight primary skills and six from a secondary skill list. Yeah, and both the secondary and primary lists are derived from the uh, the tribe or the clan. So you, it, there's not a great way to, like, oh, my character's tribal, but at a certain point in his travels, he picked up some career skills from a wandering auto mechanic or something. It's still, it's just more of the same. Yeah. So uh, the primary skills, having them at all, means that you get a 35% chance to do something. That is correct, yeah, a 35%. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on from there, you can level your skills up, but it just, there's three stages, I think. You go from, like, uh, beginner in it, mm-hmm. and then it's, like, intermediate, advanced, and master. That's right. And it just adds, like, 5% per yeah. level. Which means I think the highest you can get to is 45%. I think so. Maybe, I think maybe master is 60% if okay. you manage to get to the highest level of all. <laughs> well, fantasy wargaming doesn't have an especially high level, it's true. Yeah. But yeah, basically what we're getting at is that this is a ga- this game is a comedy of errors. Oh, right out the gate. Even if you've got a stat that adds onto it, like let's say I went ahead and went whole hog, I've got a hundred intelligence. Mm-hmm. All right, well at that point, 
by God, maybe I've got like a 50% chance. I mean, I intelligence, put- that's right. It does modify by adding a small bonus to each skill, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, all it does is give you a selection of advanced skills if you take a bonus intelligence. Yes. If you have 100 intelligence, you get four bonus advanced skills. Yeah, because if you have 71 or higher from there, you can get up to advanced skills, which are all things like, oh, I know, like biology or mechanics or electricians yeah or you see most people in this TV universe vcr repair or they get their degree <laughs> you see most people in this universe don't know much about biology no mm-hmm. uh they don't know much about a science book <laughs> and they definitely don't know any of that french they took <laughs> but they do know that they love you ah okay there we go <laughs> Uh, I'm so glad we have all these song references. I'm so glad. Yeah, this is a fun one. Okay, so uh, yeah, these skills are boring. Uh, There's nothing particularly fascinating in them. It's kind of neat to see the divisions between the different types of education, but there's no penalty or benefit for taking advanced or or, uh, clan over tribe. Well, I mean, it's basically what you have access to. Yeah. Uh, If you really wanted to have a character that was literate or a character that could do anything with technology, then you should probably be from a clan. Uh, and I don't know why you wouldn't want to be, because you still get the basic weapon proficiencies. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing is if you were like, oh, I want to use a spear, like an old, like I put a rock and attached it to a stick spear, mm-hmm. that's primitive melee weapons, and that's that would be coming from the tribal side. <laughs> that's true, and if you were to try to pick that up, if you had advanced melee weapons, you're like... I don't. I cannot understand how to use this sharp stick. I don't understand stick. why. What, what is this? A sharp stick? How do <laughs> I use this? <laughs> Am I supposed to skewer, uh, skewer meat with this and grill it over a fire? <laughs> like a, maybe with some sort of ancho roasted chili, like uh, marinade. I don't. Th- otherwise, I don't understand what this thing is. Well, I mean, one of my secondary skills is cooking. So, <laughs> but all I have is advanced cooking, so I can't just like cook a rabbit on a stick. I First, have, I, have I have tribal a, cooking, I so all a, I can do is cook lizards over an open fire, whereas you have clan cooking, which means you can cook in a like a bakery style. All I can do is make like a lime jicama slaw to serve my ancho roasted antelope on a stick over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. <laughs> the secondary skills are mostly shit that doesn't do much outside of just flavor so it's like dancing and singing and cooking and yeah, stuff like they're that called stuff like carousing but then there are a couple that do mm-hmm. specifically quick draw is available to both as yeah. a secondary and it is just did you want to go before someone roll quick draw and if you succeed you do and i'm like okay so everyone has this then <laughs> yeah it's the boxing it's palladium's boxing Yeah, there's no reason to not take it as one of your secondaries. It's not like you're losing out on a skill that you would have used for anything else. They're your shitty secondary skills. Yeah, no, they're they're just stuff like dancing, and your character don't dance. Cats don't dance. Well, if he don't dance, (laughs) then he's no no friend friend of of mine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my character's a cat, and cats don't dance. (laughs) Uh, Movies. No? No. Oh. No. Please? Okay. Yay! Okay, so... Well, no, I don't think we're going to be able to allow that, because you see, there are no cats in America. Oh, shit, you're right. And ever since the apocalypse, the streets have been paved with radioactive cheese. Truth. Yeah. Uh, the craft factory. The craft factory <laughs> mutated. <laughs> the factory this, mutated. This factory has so many mutations that it accidentally went bald. <laughs> this factory turned green. 
Yeah. Oh, the oh, uh, I'm sorry. You can also get a few more hit points out of having a high endurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Shadow and pedantic. Okay, we're we're basically done making a character at that point. The only thing that's really left is like buying some gear. Yeah. You uh, you'll then. Oh, your superstition rating. Yeah. You have a superstition rating. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of the more interesting things in this. Sure. Sure. So, like every mechanic in this game, uh, it's just percentile roll under mm-hmm. in order to do something. You get to pick one to a hundred what your superstition rating is. Yes, and the game doesn't have magic so much as it has like placebo effects. Uh huh. So if I'm a shaman and I'm like, ah, this is a potion of health, and I hand it to someone, and I fail my superstition roll because I'm super superstitious, Mm -hmm. then I will go, yes, of course it is, drink it, and it'll give me two hit points. Mm -hmm. However, if I make my superstition roll because I'm like, no, fuck you. Because you're suspicious of super superstitions. Yeah, I'm super suspicious of super superstitions. Uh Uh-huh. Then (laughs) Then you go, no, this is just bullshit. You take a drink and nothing would happen. Yes. But it does prevent people who are like, I curse you. Yeah. So if that same shaman was like, ah, you will never shoot straight again until you make recompense. Then if you fuck up your superstition roll, then you're like, oh, my hands are shaking. The only thing that made me sad about this, because I agree that this is a really fun mechanic. Yeah. The idea that most people in this world kind of vaguely believe in shamanistic magic is that there's no way to play the shaman. I would love to go through this game as the bullshit artist who's like, ah, lest thee bury a lemon at the crossroads, forever shall thy chillblains be chattering or something. And and watch people be like- My chillblains are chattering? Yeah, your chillblains are chattering. All right. Yeah, you don't want- Nobody wants some chattering chillblains. You you don't want that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. That's the less racist way of just saying thinner. (laughs) So so, uh, what you want to do is get rid of that shit real quick. Go find a lemon. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, part of me looks at it and goes, I feel like you'd want to pick one or 100 Mm -hmm. and either be like, yeah, I'm going to have my buddy, my buddy's going to pretend to be a shaman and he will be like, I have a brace of elixirs and they will do buffs for you. (laughs) And you just hand it to the guy and he's like, yes, these always work because I picked a 100 superstition. I think the best thing to way you can even play this game at that point is just to be a whole party of people who have ones and superstition, and they just declare themselves immune to everything. There's, we're all wizards. <laughs> uh, there's guys here with, with guns. Ah, of course, I invoke the ritual of Karash, and I'm immune to bullets. And then the guy has to be like, uh, no, because it's Tuesday, and Tuesday is rituals of Karash don't work day. Well, at that point, he's got to be like, all right, well, how superstitious are the people you f- you're you fighting? Because it's only what happens to the other people. That's right. You can't, wait, you can't, can, you can't do it to yourself? No, you can't be like... So you have to be a whole team and, and give each other bullet immunity. Well, even then, it doesn't really work. There's just a you believe it works. Oh. And then you get shot and you're like, oh, no, their <laughs> magic is stronger. <laughs> Bullets, my one weakness. Okay, fair enough. But it does mean you can consistently heal each other. Yes. And if anyone was like, ah, I have tricked you with a curse, you'd be like, that's fine. Every one of us knows the remove curse spell. Yeah, if everyone is very superstitious and you have everyone is like, we're a roving band of shaman. Yeah. Then at that point, you're like, great. We always have healing potions. Nobody can curse us. It's all, well, they 
automatically curse us, but then we automatically decurse, so it's fine. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. And then you have to have that one guy in the party with a hundred superstitions who's like, you fucking shits. You dumb idiot assholes. <laughs> I hate every fucking one of you. You just, it's four shaman and Richard Dawkins <laughs> wandering the wasteland. I cast the spell of summoning Dick Dawkins. <laughs> Please stop calling me Dick Dawkins. Never! <laughs> <laughs> I'm the shaman New York Times! <laughs> Well, I think I know what our bonus content characters are. <laughs> uh, so this book, um, in, in a departure from most of these, the books we've read in the last couple of months, actually has a bestiary in it. It does. And the bestiary is fairly inventive. Uh, you know what? Let's let's come to the bestiary in a bit. First, let's talk about the, what are they, the clans and the tribes and yes. the cults. So there's clans and tribes. And, and cults. these are the things you could be from. If yeah, you wanted to be from a clan or a tribe. They are the people in your neighborhood. <laughs> yes. Hmm? And won't you be my neighbor? I will. I will be your neighbor, John. Thank Except you. you live in Santee, so no, I won't. No, definitely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I appreciate how close you live to a Raising Canes and an In-N-Out uh, <laughs> and a Phil's Barbecue that doesn't have an especially long line. Oh, yeah. But, uh... I mean, we've got some decent food options in, in uh, close range, but boy, howdy... Nothing else. Yeah, it's mostly because you can't make food yourself there without it catching on fire because of the Santee heat. <laughs> well, I can't make food there without it catching on fire because I am an inept idiot. <laughs> you can't cook anything that doesn't come out of a box that says frozen pizza on the side. I cannot make anything that isn't cereal. <laughs> pizza. Cereal, cereal pizza. Cereal pizza. The number when one food of When you've got pizza gone. on a cereal, you can have pizza anytime. Yeah, cereal pizza anytime. It's like cookie crisp, but it's little pizzas. <laughs> I still pour milk on it and eat it, though. Little chocolate chip pizzas. Woo! Pizza crisp. <laughs> Do Can kids see why everyone loves the great taste of new pepperoni pizza crunch? It's because it's got pepperoni swirled in every bite. <laughs> no, stupid. <laughs> it's because it's got high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> no, dummy. We laced it with crack. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I'm lucky the idea of Pizza Crisp so much right now. I want Pizza Crisp. Pizza Crisp. Give me the Pizza Crisp. I've got a, I've got a little mush mouth happening. I, don't I, know. I think I might be a little under the weather. I apologize if I am all mush mouthy. All mushy de mouth. I promise you it is not because of all the weed I did not smoke. <laughs> So it is because of all the weed you did smoke? That is correct, yeah. Okay. I Good. haven't I haven't double negatives? Yeah. I haven't partaken in the devil's weed in like six years. The devil's weed. <laughs> well, yeah. Because after you stole some of his weed, he was like, never hey. again. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> uh, your chill blades will chatter for so long. <laughs> oh shit, I gotta go get a melon. <laughs> a lemon. I don't know what a melon would do. A lemon. I said a lemon. Oh, I thought you said melon. No, I gotta get a lemon. Oh, okay. I think you said I gotta get a melon. No, I said I gotta gotta get a lemon. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That makes a lot more sense to yeah. me. Okay, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> the cults. Let the record show! <laughs> the cults. There are several types of cult. Cult is basically like a tribe, but more so. They they tend to uh, uh, kind of obsessively worship a central figure or concept. Uh, they tend to be more enemy than friend. Although you can be from one of these cults if you so desire. Uh, they include things like the people who worship Elvis. Ah, uh, the Elvites. Yeah. So the Elvites worship Elvis and uh, wear Elvis-themed costumes, and basically, you know, you've 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 seen Six String Samurai. Don't don't make me explain <laughs> this. Yeah, no, it's just people that found a like building or a warehouse or something that had a whole bunch of Elvis memorabilia, mm -hmm. and they immediately were like, 
Yes, of course, obviously. This is what we worship now. Yes, of, uh, naturally, because the weird uh, subculture of worshiping Elvis that continues to this day would obviously be one of the things that survives the apocalypse. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you've got a, a few interesting ones. You've got, like, uh, the Brotherhood of the Machine, mm-hmm. and they all wander around in black robes, but they think that, like, they need to find technology in order to make uh, society better, and they're split up into three different factions, and each faction within it wears a different colored tool belt. Yeah, yeah, and the fra- the factions are the Brotherhood of Florence and the Machine, uh, the Brotherhood of Rage Against the Machine, and give a, me one more. a third one. Come on, you gotta <laughs> give me one more if you're gonna do this joke. Oh, shit, uh, these are a third band with machine in the name. Uh... Uh, why did I get, why did I start this bit, John? I don't know. I mean, you could just be like the last one is Machine Head. They're only after a song instead yeah, of a they band. They really like that one Bush song. Yeah, probably the best Bush song on that album. They they do have a Machine Head. Yeah, it's it's better green, than the rest. Green to red or whatever. <laughs> I used to think that song was about Mecca. I used to think that song was nonsense. Turns out, I believe I you're probably the I'm right actually one. Actually, accurate because I'm pretty sure that that Gavin Rossdale straight up hated the concept of his songs meaning anything. Yes. Like he was, he'd be real mad if you're like, "Oh, is glycerine like a person that you liked or something?" He's like, "No, fucker, it's nothing. It's it's this it's the chemical ingredient that makes bubbles stronger. Get the fuck out of my face." <laughs> I just wanted to make a song, and I didn't care what the words were. Yeah, I just I, I had a boring rock song, and look, I I was busy trying to get into Gwen Stefani's weird pants. <laughs> She had very weird pants. She did. She's famous for her weird pants. Famous for weird pants. Uh, <laughs> come on down to Gwen Stefani's <laughs> famous, famous weird, weird pants. pants. <laughs> Look at this pair of pants. Three legs, nine ninety nine. Every time we got a satisfied customer. Why, we're Lady Gaga approved. <laughs> I'm Gwen Stefani, and I approve this message and this impression of my voice. That's right. That's me, Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Come on down and bring the kids. Our prices are bananas. <laughs> B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> Quit walking to the spider webs and get down here. <laughs> remember? Remember I was in that band? Sorry you're not home right now because you're shopping at Gwen Stefani's weird pants. <laughs> that was the dumbest bit we've ever done. Eh, it's possible. I know way too many Gwen Stefani and No Doubt songs, so I could probably just do this bit forever. Yeah, whereas I hate Gwen Stefani a lot. <laughs> and and for some reason, she's like one of two singers that I cannot stand. Which is weird, because that's unfortunate for you, because she survived the ska era. I know, and I'm like, ugh, god damn it. The one thing that survived the ska era, yeah, you, and it, it had to be my least favorite. It could have been like Mo from Save Ferris or something, and you would have been much happier as a person. Way happier. Yeah. I don't know what it is about her voice, but that and Blondie... Two, I can't deal with. Blondie, I like as long as she's not rapping. <laughs> Yo, what up? It's Blondie, and I'm here to say, go to Gwen Stefani's Weird Pants today. <laughs> That's also a pitch-perfect Blondie impression. Pitch-perfect. <laughs> I annoyed myself with how pitch-perfect that was. We should start a comedy duo. <laughs> The two of us, we should go on tour as a band doing covers of Gwen Stefani and Blondie. All the songs that Gwen Stefani and Blondie did together. All of them. <laughs> uh, 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 what's the one where she says mucho mistrust? That's the, blo- <laughs> that's the Blondie song I'm not a fan of. <laughs> mucho mistrust. Yeah, it's uh, Heart of Glass. 
Uh, yeah, I can't stand that song. Uh, okay, I so, can't stand a lot of Blondie songs. It's just me. Anyway, those are some of the cults. There's also some like clans, like uh, the motorcycle guys. Yeah, you they're the angels, mm-hmm. and it's just Hell's Angels as a clan. Yeah, the Hell's Satans, they call themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they are... They're just motorcycle dudes, and, and, and the tribes go on like that. They're basically, each one of them kind of worships or, or, or rotates around a central concept that you would find in, uh, you know, uh, post-apocalypse Americana culture. And one of them is just straight up the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, they get together at midnight and wear white robes and pointy hats. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. But it's cool because all they do is pretend to be ghosts and scare each other. No, they just hate mutants. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. And the yeah. same thing with the Puritans are they dress like, you know, Thanksgiving pilgrims with buckles and shit. Like they can't just be more like Amish that survive. They have to actually be like Puritans. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they hate mutants as well. It's two different flavors of hating mutants. Right. Verily, my brothers, we have landed here at Plymouth Rock to scourge the mutant. Yep. And then, of course, there's the Darwinists who are all mutants because they're like, ah, survival of the fittest, and our evolution is strong. And our poignantly ironic mutations are definitely the strongest thing that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And then you've got the, the Blondie Gwen Stefanites. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> and they eat a lot of Blondies. They eat a lot of... Oh, I have some Blondies right behind me right now. Ooh. I can actually kind of smell them. They've got two kinds of candy in them. Two kinds of candy. Skittles. <laughs> and, and now good. and laters. <laughs> Mmm, riddled through with now and laters and a whole abazaba. <laughs> One whole abazaba in every bite. If you can find the abazaba, <laughs> you win $5. You win an abazaba. <laughs> That's so nasty. Now and laters are the worst. Oh, I know. That's my go-to fuck you candy. It's basically that and good and plenty. Yeah. Are the ones where I'm like, oh, why? It could be some of those weird kosher candies you've never seen anyone eat. Like, you want some of these blondies? They're riddled with snibbies. <laughs> snibbies. <laughs> Try some snibbies. Actually, they've, snippies they've, are really good. <laughs> they've got a bunch of uh, crunchy whorehound candies in them. <laughs> You'll definitely break a tooth on it. Oh, sweet. Colonel Moses's Alabama black toe candies. <laughs> I can't wait for some of these. Oh, good times for everyone involved. <laughs> Old-fashioned candy was, was wrong. It was wrong and bad, and everyone should feel bad about it. What flavor is this? Beetle. <laughs> Beetle Bailey. <laughs> it tastes like... Beetle Bailey. Oh, I didn't have the extra nickel to buy a high and lowest one. Nope. That's the premium candy. Mm, you can really taste the camp swampy. <laughs> I know way too much about old comic strips. I know you do. I, anyhow. Uh, yeah, so there's some clans and some tribes. You can choose to be in them if you would like, if you want to kind of flavor your campaign in that way. Yeah, and I mean, it's at least uh, a decent way to be like, Here's how everyone could already know each other. Like, okay, you're all in, like, the Brotherhood of the Machine, or you're all in the Elvites, or whatever the fuck it is. And that way, at least, you've got some reason for everyone to be traveling together. Because mm-hmm. this is not a setting where you're like, oh, yeah, and four dudes just randomly hang out. And they go on adventures. Yeah, there's It's one really of those adventures. hard scrabble settings where everything's because you're fucked and not because you're adventurous. Yeah. So the only reason you're going out there is you're like, I want to find food. Well, why are you going with these three other people? I don't know. I'll probably kill them and take their food. <laughs> they have PC halos. 
Okay, now there is actually a pretty fun bestiary in this book. It's it's fairly imaginative, and it's riddled with PC classes or races you can choose to be. Yeah, like the buttheads. <laughs> the fucking buttheads. So one of the monster races you can encounter in this game are super smart people because the lobes of their brain have dramatically expanded, but leaving a crease down the center of their head so that you see their head comically resembles a butt. Yeah, but they got psionic powers, so mm-hmm. you better watch out for them buttheads. But, but everyone calls them buttheads, including them. They call themselves buttheads. Yeah, now, but then they're at war with the beavises. <laughs> Thankfully, there are not actually beavises. Aww. Now, there are beaverses, which are a race of mutated beaver people. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, they call themselves the, the beaversons. Be- <laughs> beaversons. And there's a sitcom right there. <laughs> Leave it to beaversons. Yeah, mutated beavers having fun adventures where they have to fight those wacky, dastardly buttheads across the street. Yeah. It's also known as keeping up with the buttheads. <laughs> And the big daddy beaver's like, I don't want you hanging out with that butthead. <laughs> but dad, this is a modern family. Uh, okay. So uh, if you want to play as like a butthead or a krill or any of the other like uh, intelligent races that you're allowed to play as, you're welcome to. You just get 50 less points to start. So normally a character would start with, with a 425 uh, to be like a, a human who gets mutated and so on. If you're a beavis or whatever, I'm sorry, a butthead or whatever, <laughs> then you a beaverson, then you get 375. Yeah. And there's there's also some weird shit in there, like uh, three-foot-tall raccoons that walk around and try and beat the shit out of you. There are riding turkeys. Yeah, there's riding turkeys. They're completely flightless. Although it's got one of those DM asides in the in the riding turkey section that's like, riding turkeys are completely flightless, but don't tell your players that. Let them discover it for themselves right after they ride the turkey off a cliff. I'm like, who's, who's doing, doing what? That? That's not a thing anyone's going to, what? No, stop. Stop trying to suggest ways to fuck with the party, especially ones as sad as that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't imagine anyone is thinking, oh, yes, this turkey that I can ride around on that looks like an ostrich will definitely be able to fly and carry me at the same time. Based on my knowledge of the t- the video game Joust and nothing else. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, I am, of course, from the clan of jousters, and uh, we found an old joust video game machine, mm-hmm. and that's all it could do, and we worship it. <laughs> we worship it and it alone. Uh, there's also, I don't know how they did this, but they prophetically, in 1990, guessed the name of my modern-day trivia team, the Rad Bears. <laughs> yeah, the Rad Bears. <laughs> that's my. That's John and I's trivia team. We go, uh, we go out to a local trivia contest every night as the Rad Bears. <laughs> yeah. It's highly misleading. <laughs> it's very misleading, especially because we're doing trivia at a gay bar, and everyone's like, ooh, the rad bears. Ooh, look at those rad bears. Josh be like, I am very straight. Please uh, excuse I'm me. Sorry. I'm, so, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm so sorry Jeff named the team. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I am a rad bear, but I'm so sorry. <laughs> Man, now I actually want that to be true. Yeah, well, you I mean, get some, Can I get some t-shirts made? <laughs> we're going to keep losing to the other team that's very good, which is the Slippery Otters. <laughs> Shit, those bastards. They're, they're so wily <laughs> and sleek. Ooh. <laughs> but no, seriously, I think I might get some Rad Bear t-shirts made for you and me. Rad Bears. We'll go be the Rad Bears. They have a game night at uh, our local game store. Rad Bears. The Rad Bears. <laughs> I just want to see some poor trivia announcer have to say that. Uh, and coming up in uh, second place is the uh, Rad Bears. Oh, please. Everyone's fucking trivia name is stupid as shit. They're not going to be, they'll be like, Rad Bears, that's a cool name. <laughs> I guess that's true. I, I didn't have to say, like, Jimmy's Fun Time Adventure Group or Trivia Apocalypse. <laughs> okay, here we've got the Four Horsemen of Trivia. Mm, yeah. 
Oh, the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth members of the Beatles. There okay. we go. All right. Well, anyway, first question. Uh, William Henry Harrison something something. <laughs> William H. Harrison. <laughs> William H. Macy was the shortest president in office. And, uh, wait. What? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> That's a great trivia host. <laughs> That's the best trivia host. I'm loving the sleepy trivia host whose questions don't make any sense. See, I love sleepy trivia host so much, because right now I'm imagining him in old-style pajamas and nightcap. Oh! With, That's like, a little candle on the metal thing that he's carrying it around on. May I suggest that he is also Paul F. Tompkins? Yes, okay. you may. <laughs> I put that forward for consideration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really want Paul F. Tompkins to be my sleepy trivia master in full pajamas. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm afraid the correct answer is... Uh, <sighs> uh, William Lloyd Webber. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, beer. <laughs> tip your waitress so, I'll be here all week this was a terrible bit I don't know why we're doing all these terrible bits today but I'm terrible happy bits today I'm a happy camper with today them today only <laughs> today only terrible bits also next week today only terrible bits half off in Gwen Stefani's weird pants <laughs> do your also, pants need more bits of course they do they need to be weird <laughs> I love that that's not especially mean to Gwen Stefani because it is based on nothing you know it's <laughs> Quinn Stefani's weird pants. <laughs> Endorsed by Blondie. <laughs> for, who soon sound out, found out she had some weird pants. Soon. Yeah. All right. So uh, what else do we want to do with this one? There is an adventure in the back. It is almost absurdly boring. <laughs> it's mostly just a description of a town that your players could go to and the shit that's in that town. And what do you know? It's mostly just shit that players would... would it's like, oh, if you meet this guy who owns the gun store and you try to roll haggle with him more than once, he becomes immune to haggle and will throw you out of his store. And don't forget, his store is right across the street from the military base, so it'll be real hard to rob him. I'm like, yeah. All right. The I know that a lot of RPGs do this, where they're like, instead of pretty much having an adventure, they're just like, well, this is the place that we want our adventure to take place in here's some town yeah here is a town here are the stores in it here's a few npcs for you mm -hmm. there you go you can go from here <sighs> here's the church here's the steeple open the doors everyone's dead because <laughs> it's the far future post-apocalypse yeah yeah <laughs> and then you you that's uh, a really complicated hand gesture to do though by the yeah way. open the doors everyone's dead I don't know how you do that. I'm trying to figure out how I make my hands into Open a bunch the of dead doors people. and see all the dead people. Oh, that's perfect. John's doing it exactly right. Folks, I'd love to describe it to you. There's a, I an just amazing can't. picture perfect finger made way of seeing dead bodies. Mm -hmm. And John just did it and like, I flawlessly. Did it. And you're just going to have to take our word for it. I mean, I'm sorry, not a visual medium. No, but God, if you saw it, you would have sworn you had just walked into a graveyard. I could smell the dead body. I mean, I can always smell the dead bodies when I'm well, around John. Yeah, but when you're around me, you can <laughs> smell the dead bodies. Because <laughs> of his sack, you see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you're probably implying I have a bag wherein I put dead bodies, but also my sack. <laughs> You see, the ambiguity is what makes it funny, so I shall explain no further. No further. I, I shall explain this far, and no further. I shall not go on. <laughs> we'll definitely cut this bit here. This is the right spot to stop. Yes, this joke was definitely done, and it needs no more elucidation. <laughs> Why, 35 seconds ago, it hit its peak. 
And I see no reason to come down from this mountain. No, indeed not. <laughs> stalling Christ. for time. No, we're not. We're already at an hour. We're done. Oh, I know. We did. It's a song. I'm having fun with it. It's dong. It's d- <laughs> John, what was your favorite thing about Age of Ruin? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Um, I'm going to say probably the best thing in here. You know, we didn't go over combat at all. Oh, right. Uh, you start with a base chance to hit other people, yeah. and they start with a base chance to dodge your attempts to hit them, and they're both really low, so it's like you have a 50% chance to well, hit. Yeah, you have an attack value mm-hmm. based on whatever your weapon thing is and any relevant skills, so 35% maybe plus like 5 to 10% or the something. The floor is something like 40 to 45. Um, so most people will have a 45% chance to hit. Oh, Excuse no. Me. The floor is basically 10% if you don't have a skill in it, but oh, 35 right, yeah. would be the skill. Yeah, but for the most part, all the examples are of people with about a 50 to 55% chance to hit each other. Which is very weird, Yeah, because he's basically saying that everyone has a 100 and whatever stat is based on... I see no reason why they shouldn't in this in this book. Well, I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. <laughs> remember, remember that it's November. November, I hope. November, have, <laughs> have a, a good, good November. November. <laughs> uh, and then the defense value is... You take your armor, everyone gets a base 5%. Oh, sweet. And then you get armor and then like a shield and anything else. And that gives you the number you have to roll under to take no damage. Mm -hmm. There's also a random hit location of either top top or bottom bottom half. (laughs) Yeah. Which only matters if you're dealing with cover. Mm -hmm. If I'm standing behind a wall... And I, they hit lower half, then they hit the wall. Yeah, or for example, if I'm poking out a glory hole and they roll top half, they get nothing. Yeah. I'm anonymous up top. <laughs> it's yep. the life of the rad bears. That's the life of the rad bears. <laughs> I need to contact one of our, our artist friends and get them to draw the rad bears t-shirt. <laughs> I, I, need that, I need that to exist now. So, uh, because it is a system that involves rolling under a defense value, mm-hmm. defense is real important because... Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't get very high. Like, the highest it can get is like 35% at starting level. Yeah. So, uh, basically, it's luckily, luckily for you, the chance to hit you isn't that good either. So it's basically just doofballs being goofuses. It, that's the whole combat system. Oh, I missed. That's okay. You wouldn't have hit me. Oh. <sighs> and... Your hit points can be so low that it's... That could be three. Yeah, the fact that anything could hit you and kill you, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I have a gun. It does 2d8 damage. Great. I managed to roll high and I killed you. Yeah. All right. It's uh, it's not great, Bob. I mean, John. It is not. Yeah. Uh, There was one other thing that we didn't mention in here that I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah. You want me to... uh, Yeah, there was... uh, Jog your memory? Yeah. Talk about something useful? Jog it. Okay. Jog Uh, my... Shit. All right. So, John, the best Nine Inch Nails album is definitely Pretty Hate Machine. I mean, that's obviously true. Yeah. I mean, there's no getting around. Most people are going to try and tell you that it's Downward Spiral. You don't listen to them. <laughs> oh, did we discuss weather in this? Because oh, I really... God. Yeah, weather is something we wanted to talk about. See? I mean, that might be my well least that, favorite. Look how well talking about early Nine Inch Nails albums works. Oh, it works every time. <laughs> it is the trigger for all of my memories. <laughs> I knew that already. That definitely wasn't a bit. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, weather in this game is hilarious because it's so poorly written. It basically shows that a lot of this book is just half-formed ideas that they didn't realize they kind of needed to finish writing down. Yeah, so you look at something like, say, Acid Rain, Mm -hmm. and it says, Acid Rain will deal damage for those that are out in it. You Mm -hmm. will take 
2d6 damage for being out in acid rain. Acid rain storms last between two to four hours. It then doesn't give you an interval for how often you take 2d6. And it's like, okay, well, does does it mean if I'm out in it for like a second, I take 2d6? Or do I have to be out in it for the entire storm? Like, what is... Does it damage my clothes first? What are we doing here? It, it, da- it says it damages like vehicles and inanimate objects, but does that include my like worn stuff or is there's just hey it does 2d6 damage if you're out in it and no further explanation needed lightning storms are fun because lightning storms have gotten worse in the post-apocalypse uh up and up to and including an 85 percent chance to be struck by lightning if you're in one uh but there's no how often that happens or the mechanics by which it would would happen to you other than don't go out into the lightning yeah it says uh, there's anywhere circumstantially between a 5 and 95% chance. So if you're in full metal armor with a big metal like refrigerator in a metal truck driving along a top cliff with a kite that has a string or a string with a key on it, then you're going to get struck by lightning. But then it doesn't say how often like what's the interval at well, which you get struck? The thing I find I found most amusing about the lightning strikes is they do they do fuck you damage, uh, but there is a way to get out of taking damage from them because the dude who was writing the book knew that you know sometimes people get struck by lightning and just nothing happens. Well, yeah, there's it's basically based on luck. Yeah, you roll. So you have a luck stat and you roll, and if you get above your luck, then you take the difference in the roll in damage. Yes. So if I have a fifty and I roll a seventy-five. I take 25 points of damage and I'm probably dead. Yeah, but if you roll below your luck, you are immediately knocked unconscious for 2d10 rounds. And it doesn't say if you get struck by lightning again during that point. That's the thing. If you have an 85% chance of being struck by lightning, it seems like it's just going to happen again. Yeah, if you have a 95% chance of being struck by lightning in one of these storms, without an interval, it's like, oh, you're dead. You automatically die. Because either you make the save and fall unconscious, or... You don't and take damage, but if you fall unconscious, you're going to have to keep rolling and then eventually it'll hit you and you'll die. Yeah. Unless, like me, you decide to put a hundred in luck and tell the GM to go fuck themselves. You just run around in a storm going, eh. Well, you're going to get knocked unconscious immediately and you're going to stay unconscious. Yep. (laughs) But I'm going to be unconscious while giving the finger to God Almighty. And your favorite state is unconscious, so that's not that big of a surprise. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that's why I would do that. Yeah. That's why you wake up in the morning to go to sleep again in the morning. Oh, yeah. I wake up at about 6 o'clock every morning, and I'm like, ah, early morning. And then I immediately turn over and go back to sleep. <laughs> ah, waking up with the rooster, and then going to sleep with the mighty rooster. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rooster's like, yeah, baby, how you doing? <laughs> you and me going to make the baby. <laughs> Yeah. Excuse me, I, I heard the rad bears are in here. I'm sorry. Did someone mention the rad bears? Ooh, we're getting way more Paul F. Tompkins with our sleepy trivia announcer. <laughs> John, what's your fucking favorite thing about Age of Fucking Ruin? Okay, so my favorite thing about Age of Ruin is probably the superstition stat. It is a very good stat. It's the only thing that gives you a weird self-defined slider that has an impact on what your character is like mm-hmm. because if you're more superstitious then the world is going to fuck with you in weird ways but if you're not superstitious it can't but then you miss out on certain things so there's like a uh like a cost benefit analysis that you have to go with like all right do i want to be at like 50 so occasionally it works and occasionally it doesn't or do i just want to go one way or the other mm-hmm. 
it's uh, it's interesting, and I like the idea. Of it. I did too, and it, it would all honestly probably be my favorite thing. But because I don't want to say the same favorite thing, I'll go ahead and throw it over to the a fairly fun bestiary. Yep, I always like it when a book has one of those to help players get up and running. You know, get DMs off the ground right away, uh, not left floundering with nothing to actually throw against your players. And it does have at least some weird, interesting things. Yeah, in there. There's cool shit in there. I was a huge fan. Oh, by the way, I just realized it. The three members of the uh, the Brotherhood of the Machine faction. I, I finally have it. Oh, you do? I do. You've got you've got the Brotherhood of Florence of the Machine. Yeah. So the Order of Florence of the Machine, the Order of Rage Against the Machine, and the Order of Rapper Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, okay. Huh. Okay. We got all it. Right. I got there. I got all three. And the uh, Order of Fear factory, which, of course, a factory has machines in it. That is correct. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> the Order of Typo Negative, a blood type, of course, is usually determined by machine. Uh, usually. Sometimes. But sometimes I determine it by taste. Sometimes it's the Order of Tin Machine, a not especially great David Bowie album. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right, I think we're set. Yeah, uh, so uh, that was your favorite thing. Yeah, that was that, and that was, was my favorite, your thing, favorite thing. Which means I need to follow up by asking. Instead of saying "All right, we're set," which means fucking nothing. Instead, I need to ask you, John, what is your least favorite thing in this book? <laughs> All right, uh, least favorite thing in Age of Ruin. All right, I think we got it. Yep, <laughs> I think I think we're good here. I think that's a wrap, guys. Can we uh, get catering? I'll be in my trailer. Uh, uh, actor cut. <laughs> The the most actor imp- cut. The I most barely know her cut. <laughs> actor cut. The most important kind of cut. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. I'm done anyway. You guys can keep acting. Uh, so I would probably say the worst thing in this is just the half-formed non-rules. Uh, like we mentioned in the weather, there's a lot of shit that just doesn't give you what things do. Mm-hmm. There was a point. There is fucking like 25 pages, of course, dedicated to pictures of guns and what they do and what they look like might also be the best art in the book it's the best art in the book but it's also completely pointless because if you look at it it's like what is this oh uh medium pistols there's three pages of medium pistols they all do 2d8 uh-huh. no <laughs> one none of them do different yeah heavy pistols they all do 3d i mean on the one hand at least that gets around the usual problem you encounter in books like this which is all right but which one does the most uh, this one, I take this one. Well, the only difference in this one is instead of what does the most, it's what's got the best range. Yeah, it's Because true. they all do the exact same damage, so you're just looking for, all right, what's got the best max range? Yeah. That one, I'll and take that. And the biggest that. ammo count or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So Still not solved. Yep, it's bad and should feel bad. Mm-hmm. And just, I hate that being in a book. I'm fine with a rule being bad, but a rule not existing is like, come on, man, don't don't just leave this up to me. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's your least favorite thing, and I appreciate it. Good. And your least favorite thing? Oh, the art. I mean, yeah. Well, I think we're done here. Then <laughs> yeah, the, the art is the, <laughs> the art's real bad in this book. This is the kind of art you would normally expect to see, scr- see like scrawled on like the white part of some converse. Yeah, that, that's it's, a- <laughs> it's real rough. <laughs> it's it's hilariously. Uh, it's like they worked with the only artist they knew, and and you know by artist they meant like high school student who oh, was yeah who was real angry. It was the one person they knew that was like, "I'm an artist." Yeah, and they're like, I'm- "You doodle, <laughs> you vaguely doodle, and you do the kind of doodling where I can tell from looking at the doodle which stabbing westward song you were listening to." <laughs> I mean, at least as far as I'm concerned, it'd be better than mine. I mean, mine would be worse than what's in there, so... That's true. My art would be worse than the art in this book. <laughs> so Still, though, that's, that's I'm fair. not getting paid for art. That's so. true. Someone got paid some amount of money for the drawings in this book. And that is a travesty. <laughs> 
So, uh, so yeah, that's what I'll take, and we'll keep it simple. And, John, would you play Age of Ruin? I would not. It's bad. Nice and simple. Good job. Yep. Hmm? I think we're done here. Yeah, we're done here. All right. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, as always, the, th- the next thing I'd like to do is tell you that I would also not play Age of Ruin, and then, of course... <laughs> move, move on to the ending <laughs> stuff, which I do not want to skip because it's mentioning our Patreon. Oh, yeah, we've got a Patreon, and I think we're done here. <laughs> you can find it on the web, I guess. Yeah, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash System Mastery. If you like what we do, we're going to go make some characters. Mm-hmm. If you support us at the $1 or higher level, you unlock the bonus content, and you can listen to us try and make some shitty post-apocalyptic idiots. <laughs> Maybe we'll even draw crappy pictures of them. No promises. Probably not, though. No, pretty sure no. We got we got shit to do today, like eat blondies and sit around. Sit around with blondie <laughs> and these weird pants. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were talking about the comic book character, or the comic strip character, Blondie. Oh, yeah, Blondie and her weird pants. And her weird pants and her weird husband. Yep. And her weird son, who is her husband, but like one head smaller. Yeah. That is some terrifying shit. I just forget that guy's name. The son of Dagwood. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jagwood. <laughs> it's Jagwood. <laughs> Jagwood and their daughter, Silk Stockings. Yeah. Okay, so uh, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the $1 level to unlock more of whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> Jagwood. <laughs> uh, Christ. <laughs> so... Uh, we also have other levels up beyond that. If you want to support us at two, you unlock Expounded Universe. And if you go to five, you unlock the Afterthought. Eh, five dollars is the good level. You should really be at five. That's the sex level. If you're at two right now, you should go to five. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're at five right now, you should go to five. You should, you should go to five, guys. And if you're Ray Liotta... You should also go to Five Guys and then donate $2,000 to us. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Ray Liotta. We've, we've been waiting so long now. Get it together, Ray Liotta. Well, I want, I want a, a, a backdated been, pledge from Ray Liotta. We have been patient. Mm-hmm. We have been kind. That's correct. Yeah, we have not been pressuring until, until just now. Right now, though, I feel it's time for some tough love for Ray Liotta. Uh-huh. Ray Liotta, known listener of our show. That's why we're starting our new podcast, Tough Love for Ray Liotta. With two rad bears. <laughs> two rad bears give ro- tough love to Ray Liotta, our new show. <laughs> That's an amazing name for a show. I can't wait to get started. <laughs> so once again, go to our Patreon, support us. Otherwise, find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com or System Mastery on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook, Reddit, a whole variety of websites where we don't get any money. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the bonus content and then in a couple of weeks with yet more System Mastery. Until that time, I've been Jeff, that's been John, and you have a good week. Yeah, I think we're done here. Probably. Probably.